I'm going to ask a quick favour. If you're listening to this, please hit the subscribe button and the follow button. Like, share, rate, review the podcast. It helps more than you realise. It's not all been plain sailing for me. I had a very bad time in the late 80s. I'd set my own business up then. It wasn't my marketing. I'd set a business doing promotional like clothing. And it was ticking along nicely about three years in. And then in 88, interest rates hit 18%. And it wiped me out. Absolutely wiped me out. Lost my money. I had young children. Really tough time. And I said to my wife, I will be back. We will be back within three years. And I did. I met that target. Turnover is vanity and profit is sanity. I was chasing turnover and I wasn't making enough profit. So, yeah, it was a really tough time. We had to downsize everything. It's looking for opportunities. It's, it's reacting to them, being proactive rather than reactive. Because while somebody's thinking it through, I've done it. That's the thing about sales. You should never give up. And to me, that was a great example, and I use it still to this day. That one last call, if I hadn't have done it, I wouldn't have won that client. Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest on the podcast this week has had a business career spanning over three decades. He has been a franchisee, a franchisor, run Monk, Monk Marketing for many years. He set up Brighton Business Expo six years ago and Advantage Business Mentoring in 2020. With over 35 plus years in sales and marketing, working with many companies and running his own businesses as well as helping others to start theirs. I met my guests when I first started networking in Brighton over 10 years ago and have been proud media partners with Brighton Business Show since I took over SBT um, back in 2017. He's a great businessman with a wealth of knowledge and someone I'm lucky enough to also call a good friend. I welcome the one and only <laughs> Mike Monk to the podcast. Mike, how you doing, mate? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me for the podcast, Sam. Mate, awesome. Listen, it's, um, we're obviously recording this not long after, obviously, the Brighton Business Show, which was... Brighton Hove Business Brighton Show. Brighton Hove now. <laughs> Business Show, which was, um, which made great success. It's been brilliant, obviously, partnering, seeing how that's grown and what you've done with it. Mm. And um, look, we're going to talk all about that and maybe some of the challenges that we've faced uh, <laughs> over the last couple of years. But um, look, as always, we're going to delve straight in. So just look, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, your story, your journey, where, where it all started. Um, where it all started? Well, my... It all started probably, uh, my father died when I was 13, which had a big impact on me. Yeah. And I had always wanted to go into sales from a very young age. Okay. And, I, and my uncle actually had an um, office supply shop in Brighton okay. called IT Office. It was down in Duke Street many, many years ago. And I approached him and said, could I come in on a Saturday? And learn how to sell typewriters. <laughs> I mean, that's how long ago it was typewriters. Wow, 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 wow. So anyhow, so that's what happened. I used to go in on a Saturday. And one Saturday, excuse me, <coughs> they decided to leave me alone for a couple of hours looking after the, the shop. And how old were you then? 15. Well, okay. <laughs> so this couple came in. I thought, here you go, here's your chance. So they came in. Cut a long story short, there was a particular type of uh, typewriter which was known as an Engadine which was a new model from Italy yeah. and uh, I obviously drove them straight to that <laughs> and I ended up selling them two 
Oh, wow. And the sales director, when he came back later, he couldn't believe it. He went, you've sold two typewriters. I said, yeah, yeah, the same people, one for the wife, one for the husband. And that, that, so that was probably the beginning of my my career in selling. Yeah, like. yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, then like, obviously, talk me a little bit then about the, the, the career. You get, obviously, then getting into sales and then obviously starting your own Obviously, when, when, how old were you when you started your own business then? What, what, you had a career in sales prior to that, didn't you? Yeah, I was in the rag trade. Yeah. I worked for a company in London, just travelled all across the south of England. And I was then headhunted by a company in Brighton which printed T-shirts. And this is all new to me, I thought, yeah. well, what's this printed T-shirt? And they had a shop in Church Road Hove and they used to print down in the basement. And they said, would I be interested in selling these? So I, I said, well, I'll give it a try. Give me some samples, see what yeah. it's like. So I went out and I went to places like English Language Centre, Golf Range up at Hickstead and things, places yeah. like that. And they all ended up buying like 500 printed T-shirts. Yeah. I thought, this is interesting. <laughs> so, so one thing led to another. And a year later, I actually joined them okay. as their sales director. Yeah. And one of the most interesting days I had was because I'm going back a long while here yeah. Carnaby Street was still very popular then yeah. I thought there must be some good potential clients in and around Carnaby Street so I got on the train went up to London and all these shops with like City of London I Love London t-shirts sweatshirts all yeah. full of them so I, I spent the next four hours going in and out and in and out and, and no 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 so after four hours, I thought, I'm going to go and have a coffee. This is driving me mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I thought, and then it started to rain. So I'm sitting there having a coffee thinking, I don't think I've been in that shop over there. I'll give one more shot before I go back, back to Brighton. So I walked over there, went in, and I just introduced myself as I did. And the guy said, well, actually, the boss is upstairs. I'll, I'll go and see if he wants to see you. And he did. So up I went. And... Um, he said, yeah, he said, um, could you produce 500 sweatshirts with this logo and have them delivered here next Friday? So that's a week from today. Yeah. I went, yep. <laughs> didn't, didn't even check. With it. I went, yep, we can do that, we can do that. Anyhow, cut a long story short, he owned 18 shops in and around London. He was wow. a huge retailer. Wow. In Piccadilly, Oxford Street, all the main places. Yeah. And he ended up spending a quarter of a million pounds with us. In that year, wow. which in those days, yeah, 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 probably the equivalent of about I don't know one and a half million now, something, something like that. So that was probably wow. one of my best. What what turned out to be one of my best days yeah. up until then it had been an absolutely lousy day. But yeah. that's the thing about sales; you should never give up. And to me, that was a great example, yeah. and I use it still to this day. Yeah. That one last call, if I hadn't have done it, I wouldn't have won that client. I love that, and I guess for me, um, we've spoke a bit about this offline uh, a, a few times about sales just being that whatever business you're in, whatever whether you're selling a product, a service, whatever it is, sales is such an important part. It's the bloodline, isn't it? Of, 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 if of, if of, you don't make a sale, yeah. you don't need accounts. Yeah, you don't need any of the other departments yeah, yeah, yeah. because you haven't got any income coming yeah, in if you don't make a sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to me, sales is a profession. Yeah, yeah, um, and people that go into sales really should read books and study and learn. Yeah, yeah. I now mentor yeah, young, yeah, young businesses, yeah. and this is the route I take them down. Yeah. 
But then you have to tie the marketing in with the sales, especially in today's climate. Yeah. Marketing plays a big role as well. But at the end of the day, if you haven't got any sales, you haven't got any business. Yeah, no, you're right. And I, but I guess even that, that sort of mindset that you had back then, like that, that sort of resilience, that we've shown so much over the last couple of years that every business owner and, and all the ups and downs that we face with in business you've got to have resilience haven't you? and I guess within sales you're forced to have that aren't you really? you have to you have to have a thick skin yeah. you have to move on yeah. I, I look at it like you, you take I mean my sons we, we were a tennis family mm. I've had to stop playing because I've had my shoulders replaced yeah. but my one of my sons is a professional coach in Brighton, yeah. and my other son ended up going to University in America on a scholarship. He was that good. Wow! He was wow. a national champion at fourteen. Wow! So, and he's gone on to make a fantastic career yeah. um, in the financial world. Right. But it's like that. It's only you know, it's you against the other person, yeah. and it's who has that strongest mindset. Yeah. yeah. And you need the skill. Yeah. But you also need the strongest mindset. Yeah. Because that's the person that will come through in the end. I mean, okay, I, it's not all been plain sailing for me. No, 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 I'm sure. I'm I sure. had a very bad time in the late 80s. Yeah. Interest rates, I'd set, my, I'd set my own business up then. Well, okay. It wasn't monk marketing. I'd set a business, doing promotional clothing. Yeah, yeah. And it was ticking along nicely about three years in. And then in 88, interest rates hit 18%. And it wiped me out. Really? Absolutely wiped me out. Lost my money. I had young children. Really tough time. How old were the kids at that age? Seven and nine. Blimey. And that was a tough time. Tough for my wife. And I said to my wife, I will be back. We will be back yeah. within three years. And I did. I met that target. Luckily, wow. I had a good reputation in the business. I was head up, you know. Yeah. companies approached me I ended up joining a company down in Hampshire so I used to commute down to Hampshire yeah. and that's where I learned about sourcing because they had a Chinese office so I went out to Hong Kong three times so I then had another string to my bow I'd learned all about sourcing yeah. how to do it where to do it and what the sort of pricing structures yeah. are but that was probably the darkest time that I went through then I'm, I'm really keen to find out a bit more about like so that, that that period. What just no sales, no nothing. What, what, what was the situation? Just the business completely collapsed. Or? The business collapsed because I had a bank loan, yeah. which you did in those days. Yeah. The business is doing okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I made the classic mistake, and I and again I teach people this: yeah. turnover is vanity, and profit is sanity. Yeah, I was chasing turnover, and yeah. I wasn't making enough profit. Wow. So, yeah, it was a really tough time. We had to downsize everything. You had to sell your Yeah, house. yeah. yeah. Wow. had to downsize. And to be able to go out and sell with that going on in the back of your head is like you've got a cotton wool in your head. But you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to, every day, yeah, I'm going to be, I will come back, I will be back. And I did. And then a few years later, Monk Marketing, I set Monk Marketing up. Wow, I mean, even that, like you said, that, that, Talk to me then about that that sort of like because it deep inside I, I remember closing the salon at that point and you sort of think I, I remember going let people down let my family down yeah, I'd yeah. failed yeah but, you know what I mean and you sort of you're you very self-critical yeah, yeah yeah you, you question all those things don't you but yeah. then again back to that word resilience you what, what do you do you, you either pack it up and go well, I'm, what am I going to do give I've in got, give in yeah or you, you know, or you go you no. made out that next call yeah 
like, like you did with us. And you set yourself a target. And I thought three years I need to get back to where we similar to where we were, similar to where we were. And I did it. So, so from there, you went and got a job with, the, like you said, we were yeah, in Hampshire. Yeah, worked for a big company for there. Yeah. And I'd straight away, I won the Dunhill Golf Classic merchandise order. <laughs> yeah. For them. <laughs> so straight away, I bought in a 90 gram contract yeah, for them. Yeah, nice. So I stayed with them for about two, three years. Yeah. Wasn't that keen on the chairman. Yeah. Found him a very difficult guy to work with. Very self-opinionated man. Yeah. Wouldn't listen... To advice, I mean, he, I, I eventually persuaded him to do a major trade exhibition because yeah. I've always done trade exhibitions most of my life. Yeah, yeah. business exhibitions because they work. They work if you know how to how yeah, to get yeah, the best out of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said to him, we and he said, okay, we're going to do this. So we had this meeting, six of us around the table. We had a big stand, yeah. and he said, we're going to have a wall across here. I went, what? A wall? I said, what are you saying? Don't come in? <laughs> I said, you don't have. You don't have. He said. My decision, um, I said, okay, fine. I said, I think you're totally wrong here. You're yeah, putting yeah. up a defensive wall. I said, are you going to have an entrance one way? And an yes, people come in out there. So I thought about it. I thought, this is so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when we got there, it was in uh, Olympia. Yeah, okay. People were walking by. So I was going out and standing outside the stand. So, so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll go down to a print shop. I saw it at the print shop down the road. Yeah. I said, have you got any of these printed footmarks? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they went, I said, sticky ones I can put on the floor. Yeah, yeah. So I bought a load of them and I put these footballs coming down the aisle into our <laughs> stand, through <laughs> our stand and out the other side. Brilliant. And people loved it because what's all this about? I said, well, follow the footsteps and come in and find out. Love Again, that. it's thinking on your feet, finding a like, solution yeah. and yeah. thinking it through. But that surely, like, and as a mentor and the type of things you must talk to, to, Entrepreneurs, business owners, about is exactly that, isn't it? It's about we, 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 we've got a problem, need to find a solution. That's yeah. ultimately the, the what, what entrepreneurs and business owners need to do, don't they? Because mm. you, you know there's a problem there, because there, there is going to be, like you said, there's there's always going to be obstacles in the way, and it's mm. how you how you look at them, how you manage them, how you come up with a solution to yeah. to sort it. So it's difficult, I guess, like from your mindset, obviously running your own business, then then going right, then gone back to work with someone else was that then that was that a difficult yeah I realized thing? after about 18 months I was unemployable <laughs> strange it's the 35th episode I've done and most people that have come on have all been we, we just actually get to a point we realize we probably yeah. are unemployable yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's probably why I didn't get on that well with the German because yeah. he had his opinion and I had my opinion yeah, yeah. having said that it was a very useful three years. Yeah, of course. Um, Open new doors. And after that, I thought, yeah, I'm ready to start again on my own, which I did. Yeah. And when I started Monk Marketing, um, I didn't just do clothing. I did right across the range, pens, yeah, lines, yeah, all sure. that type of thing. And I thought, right, I'm going to get myself into all the various trade shows in London and Birmingham. And I found that um, the market had got very competitive. Yeah. It's, it's extremely competitive now because of the internet. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, but in those days, I used to go to exhibitions and I'd do all types of, you know, nice little freebies, yeah, yeah, this yeah, type sure. of thing. And, you know, do you want to? I, I, I remember I won Wembley as a client. This is when Wembley went outsourcing. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, 
to uh, to other companies. And these two guys who ran like the commercial side there, yeah. I invited them to the show. And um, I said, I'll take you out, buy you dinner, and I'll take you for a few drinks. And we'll yeah. have a good evening. Yeah, yeah. So they said, tell you what, Mike, would you like, as a prize for your stand, would you like two tickets to go FA Cup football? I said, of course I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, he said, but you're not going there, Mike. You've got to use them as a prize. Yeah. I said, oh, all right. Then. Yeah, yeah, of course I will. Yeah. <laughs> so... Again, I had people just giving me their cards, yeah. hand all over the place. Yeah. Two tickets to the, and the guy that won, interesting enough, was with KP Foods. Uh-huh. He ended up spending twenty thousand with me. Wow, wow, yeah, Bloody hell. just that. So, so, it's looking for opportunities. Yeah. It's it's reacting to them, being proactive rather yeah. than reactive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Because while somebody's thinking it through, I've done it. Done it, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing, isn't it? There's so many amount of people you speak to, you must get all the time. I've got this great idea, I've got this great idea. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Like What, don't what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't actually take that plunge. Because no. there's always that, there's always someone going, there's always that voice in your head, isn't it? Going, oh, that might not work. But I guess as people do run their own businesses. I'm, 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 I posted the other day saying like, maybe I'm a little bit of a yes man, but I, I always think life's an opportunity. You go, say yep. yes to that. Yep. Who knows, you know, you never know where that, what door that's going to open. Yeah. What Every day is a new day. Absolutely, absolutely. Going back to Monk Marketing, I'll tell yeah. you this as well. I decided that I'd visit the franchise show in London. Yeah. I thought, because the franchisors must buy a lot of merchandise for their franchisees. Yeah. So I'm in there, walking around, chatting, chatting to the various... I thought, I'll go and have a coffee and sit down. So I'm sitting down, suddenly the light bulb went off. I went, what a great way to grow your business. Franchising. Yeah. I haven't got a clue how to do it. I don't remember the drive home, because all I'm thinking about, how am I going to franchise my marketing? Wow. So the first thing I did was I went to Sussex Chamber of Commerce, yeah. or Sussex Enterprise, it might have been known yeah, in those yeah. days. And I said, do you have somebody who can advise me on front? Yeah, we can advise you. So they got a consultant who I met with. I then got hold of the British Franchise Association and went to their seminars in London. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. talked to franchisors that had 200 branches. So I really did my research yeah, and due yeah, diligence. Yeah. And I then spent the next 12 months building a franchise model. I thought, this has got to be 100% right. Yeah, so it's going to take a year to get this absolutely right. Yeah. And I launched it at the Manchester Franchise Show in Manchester. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of that show, I had a friend, somebody wanted to sign an agreement wow. for Bristol, wow. I think it was. I ended up getting, it grew too quickly, actually. Within 18 months, I had 10 franchises, Blimey. including Ireland, wow, Manchester, Chelmsford, all, all over the country. And it actually got a, a little bit overpowering. Yeah. So I had to bring in another more couple of people in admin, etc., to deal with it. You learn an awful lot about people. Being yeah, a franchisor, you I'll see bet. the other side of people. Some people, there were people I had were a pleasure to work with. They were yeah. just so, they were like sponges. They just yeah. soaked it up. Because I used to get them down to Brighton, train them for a few days. Yeah. And I'd go up in the territory and go out and help them open doors. Yeah, nice. And they, they had a full, a really good package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And a lot of support. Because did you then, did you, from a franchise, obviously I've, I've been a, I've had a franchise with obviously Tony Cobb, but did, was you, did you charge, was it an upfront fee and then yeah, turnover as well? upfront fee and a percentage of sales. sales. Oh, okay, okay. Um, if I was to do it again, I'd do a, a lower upfront fee, yeah, yeah. but a monthly management fee. Yeah, 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 
Because yeah, yeah. if you don't sell one month, you've got the income coming in. Yeah, yeah, but the good franchisees always well, are selling. Yeah. Yeah. But what I did, I did it, I ran it for 10 years. Okay. I didn't keep them all. After five years, I didn't offer to renew three of their agreements because they just weren't right. Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, thought they sure. were right, but they weren't right. Yeah, yeah. You know, when a guy's got an area the size of Birmingham and he's only doing 75k a year turnover, yeah, yeah. I'm going, well, what are you doing? You, know, yeah, you should yeah, be yeah. turning over a couple of hundred thousand, yeah. you know, 150, yeah, 200,000 a year, the size of your territory. Yeah. Anyhow, and they stayed with me. So, no, after 10 years, I thought, well, I've actually had enough of the franchising. Yeah. It's quite energy sapping yeah yeah okay. um no people ringing you up the weekends yeah, yeah and i didn't give them my number they found my number <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah um sure. and so because it, as you will know it has a very strong agreement the franchise agreement yeah, yeah, and they're in a lockout for 12 months yeah, yeah so all the good ones said can we buy ourselves out the agreement i said yeah so they can then have it under their name yeah, rather than having course, it under yeah, my marketing yeah, yeah. manchester so they did, and we all went away and shook hands, and Happy days, yeah. they've now gone on and got nice businesses. Was it? Was there? Was there some then ones that didn't potentially work out? You know, not not leave as amicably, or was it? Um, one, yeah, one guy was yeah. very difficult. He actually tried to sue me because he said, I'm, "We're not doing the sort of turnover you were indicating we were going to be." Well, it's because he wasn't doing his job. <laughs> but again, what I did wrong with him was I didn't do enough due diligence on it. Yeah. Had I done more due diligence, I would have seen he was maxed out on all his credit cards and everything else. Oh, yeah. So he was kind of, I think, buying into the franchise as a way of, oh, hopefully this will get me out of trouble. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah, um, yeah. It doesn't work that way. It's hard, isn't it? I guess not from... Like you said, you've got it's not just employing someone, is it? You're trusting someone with yeah. a, their the name of a, a company they're, that you they're built. representing your name. Yeah, yeah, as well. yeah, of course, of course, and especially yours. It was actually your your yeah, name. So, actual name. Yeah, so yeah. yes, I was very, very. I was very keen for them to do well, but I was also very keen that they did follow our procedures. Yeah, yeah. and I guess there's so much thing goes into that, isn't there? Like I remember that, like the franchise pack and everything that we. Dealt That's with, right, with yeah. Tony and Guy, like just yeah. so much information there, and so yeah. much, and look, you know, it's a big organisation. Yeah, yeah. A how-to manual. Yeah, yeah. Sit on your desk. Yeah, yeah. All, the, just, all of those. Things. And it's different, I guess, to, to employing people to to managing that. It's a, it's a different type of skill set, though. To, yeah. Um, because because they're not just employees, are they? They're, they're putting their money. Well, they're on not the line employees. Well. No, exactly. They're putting their money on the line. But exactly. That that relationship, they're still potentially coming to you as a... Yeah. They're buying into a franchise, and I'm yeah, yeah. buying into them. Yeah, 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 As I said, it's a two-way thing. Great thing, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. This can work really well. I mean, the franchisees that were good did really well. Yeah, sure. They wouldn't want it to buy themselves out yeah. if they weren't yeah. doing well. Yeah. So... So what, mate, in 10 years in then, like, like, what was it just, with that side of it, just too much going on with that? And it just, was quite draining, I yeah. found. Um, and my wife said to me, she said, Maybe you ought to think about not French. Yeah. And I took her advice. I said, yes. So I then went and had a chat with my solicitor. And he said, well, then they can buy themselves out. So yeah, nice. I then phoned them up and said, I want to come down and have a cup of coffee with you and a chat. Yeah. And all the good ones said, yeah, I'd love to. Brilliant. So, yeah. what, and what was next then after that, after the franchises? What, what was... Well, obviously, I kept Monk marketing. Yeah, I just yeah, didn't keep the franchise side yeah. of it. Um, what next? Well, really, what next is 
led pretty much to where I am now. I always liked exhibitions, but I always thought I could do a better job than the organiser of the exhibition I was paying the money to. <laughs> yeah. uh, and you have done, mate. And I have. <laughs> because I felt they didn't give enough credence to the uh, French, the exhibitors. Yeah, yeah. They gave too much for the, to the visitors, whereas the exhibitors are paying for it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and yeah. I always think you've got to give a really good show for the exhibitors, yeah. and they must see good value for money. Yeah. And, and a good experience. That and a good experience. experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that was the thing. I think the first one I, I did with you, I think the thing that I really I took away, one, it was packed and I had loads of conversations, just as we did last week. But not only that, it was exactly that. Like, you turned up, you've got your little pack and you had your, yeah. you know, be a little lunch thing in there as well and yeah. then a voucher for coffee. And, you know what I mean? You your just almost... Yeah, you, you looked up there. Every, everything was there, ready to, ready to, to go. go. Yeah. So you turned up and the whole, oh, okay, I'm, I am actually ready to go. Enough. Mm. set me stand up and I'm mm. I'm good. And you sort of... Mm. And, and that's what was interesting. I remember our very first conversation about it, you again. I've exhibited for years, so these were the things I would want as an exhibitor. And you actually then took that model, what mm. you'd want, and mm. made sure... Stepped into their it. shoes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they are, you know... Some of the comments I've had on social media have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But that's because I enjoy it. Yeah, you can tell that. You can tell I that. thoroughly enjoy it, and I want them to enjoy it. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I want them to do business from it yeah, and make of new course. clients, but that will come down the line. Yeah. I know some people say, gosh, I've already got six meetings lined up in the next week. Yeah. I thought, well, that's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I mean, It is. It's a credit. I mean, look, like I said we've, we've done it what, nearly five years now since I've been at SBT, and, and yeah, every year... I don't stop talking to people mm. like, and I, I, I said to you last night then I, was, I only went to, I wanted to sit and I needed to send one email because I had Jackie with me and I didn't get a chance to even send an email for the five hours we was there just because it was a constant flow of people and people coming around and having great conversations and creating that I guess creating that space where people were able to do that and, and, and good exhibitors good, good you know good visitors yeah. there was good numbers through the doors and that mate it was, it was, it was a great show as always good. so um I'm just keen, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, we've, you've mentioned, you've obviously highlighted some of the challenges that you faced, I guess, um, especially that dark time, and thanks for sharing that, but uh, I guess talk to me then about, you know, running the, the B2B Expos, and then obviously Brighton O Business Expo now, and what, over the last couple of years, obviously with COVID, how uh, does that fit in with the challenges over, the, over very, the years? It was very challenging, yeah. you just didn't have any events, or no yeah. events. Again, I was sitting there looking out the window at my office at home, and I thought, how about a virtual exhibition? And you did. So I phoned, <laughs> I phoned uh, Bradley up and said, you know, you've got this Remo, yeah. you know how to use it. So we partnered. Yeah, and we actually put on a virtual expo. With, I know, it's great. You, yeah, you yeah I, I exhibited, yeah, yeah. I we think had we had about 30, 40, 30 exhibitors, yeah, 20, yeah, yeah. 30. Um, obviously, there wasn't a great financial reward in it because no. I wasn't charging very much but it just kept the ball rolling and yes, yeah. you know and, it, and people now say <clears throat> excuse me say to me are oh, you going to do uh, I said no I'm not doing virtual I'm back to face to face yeah I guess look, it's the same thing we've done a few sort of virtual obviously Brad done great with it and you know yeah. sort of saved his business with Remo and yeah. you know and I know he's still embraced the sort of hybrid he's done the still does online events and stuff which he does really well but I think yeah that again back to that same thing isn't it there's a problem what it just I run ex exhibitions I can't do any don't just sit on 
sit, sit on my arse and, and wait until this is all over. Yeah. Or you go, and you're always thinking, right, there's a problem, I'm going to find a solution. And mm. you go, and it was, it was a, it was a great event, wasn't it? Like, like you said, people mm. spoke about it. And just, mm. So, it, like I said, I suppose it's such a great lesson for people always thinking, like, to try and think outside yeah. the box, always. Yeah. I mean, I'd never heard of Zoom before the pandemic. Yeah, you and me both, yeah. 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 I <laughs> now have, just today, we've got two more Zoom meetings lined up for next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. So it's Zoom has come into my life in the last two and a half years, as it were. It's crazy. I'm the same. I'd never, never done a Zoom call, and then I spent literally ninety percent of my day on Zoom, mm. <laughs> like mm. meeting after meeting. Just, but like you said, it, we, people had to embrace technology. Yeah. You have to, uh, again, just thinking outside. Uh, uh, you want to keep your business going. You got to keep thinking of the new ideas to do it. But, mm. but cost effective as well. Yeah, of course. Look at the price of fuel now. Exactly that. Well, look, it's, it's that thing, isn't it? But that you can go, especially like that first meeting. Sometimes the introductory, uh, it it might be that you don't end up doing business with someone, but it's just to look. You're over that way. It's going to take me an hour to go and meet you for a coffee. Let's jump on a Zoom. We have a quick coffee. Actually, there is some stuff we can do. Let's meet up and then we'll have yeah, a chat. Yeah, exactly. It's a. I think that's it's good for opening doors. Yeah, it? it's a great for me. Definitely that that type of thing, and it's it's, it's worked really well. And and time saving for everyone as well. Like you know, what I mean, you don't have to get in the car and go. I'm very much a people person, as you are. I know, and I know we. You know, we sort of thrive off the energy of being around mm. people. You know, mm. like I say we're recording this a day after the summer social network, my club, which was great. We was up there, mm. and we give Brad a shout out, bless him. Um, mm. But it was it was a it was a great event, and just being around people and getting that energy. And that's why I love hosting events and and, mm. and going to them and, and, and meeting mm. people. I think it's it's key. But and again, that back to the thing you mentioned before about sales and people buy from people. Yeah, same with the, right. same with the. With the exhibitions, with the mm. anything you do, it seems that the, the, the sales skills that you've developed, whether you're selling exhibitions or you're you're you know selling products, whatever that is, that those skill sets are all related, aren't they? Mm. I've got a, a, a saying I like to use when I'm talking to people on mentoring. I'm saying I've got to find you new routes to market. Yeah. You know, um, especially if they're pigeonholed. Yeah. In, in where they're doing their their, their sales, yeah. it's it's a bit like um, you know, opening the doors and saying, "Well, hang on a minute, why don't we do that? Yeah. Why don't we go down that route and go down that route?" Sometimes I go, "No, I don't fancy that." I said, "Okay, yeah. why don't we just try? Yeah. If it doesn't work, fine, we'll move on to that one." Yeah, because that's know. that's the thing with marketing, especially, isn't it? It's it's some, not everything's going to work, but you've got to try different things because mm. sometimes they do. And mm. but unless you try, you don't. You, you mm. don't know, I guess. But collaboration so. is something that I've really bought into since the pandemic. pandemic. Came. Yeah, I was going to say that's more more so. Much since the more so now. Mm. I collaborate with a lot of people. Yeah. Somebody I was chatting with yesterday, who was at my show and loved yeah. it. We are going to meet up. Yeah. Because we know there's potential collaboration between us. It's be, I, I definitely feel it's become a bit of a buzzword. But like, look, we ultimately built county business clubs on that basis. That I, I tr- strongly believe. I've got a huge belief. I, I think I was a, a quite like that beforehand. That's why we wanted to almost build it before. But tr- collaboration is is yeah. key, and that, it's what got us through yeah. the pandemic. If you ask me, like people coming to get, like you said, you mentioned about you and Brad with the health. Brad, let's partner up on this. Mm-hmm. We've done the same. We partnered with Brad on the, the virtual mm-hmm. awards. And, but so it's, it's about reaching out. I think people are more open-minded to it now, mm-hmm. whereas prior to it, you go, 
especially if you're in the same sort of yeah. space, you go, yeah. well, well, actually, I must competition. My business yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. Yeah, yeah. But there, there's enough business to go around, and if you yeah. if you're and if you do things as I know you always do with integrity and honesty, mm. those things you, you you don't have to steal other people's business. You can just enhance both people's businesses by, mm. and that's the art of a true collaboration. Yep. I guess and I, it's I, a win-win situation. I think okay, if you get it absolutely, right, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, that, absolutely. That. Talk to I mean, look, there's obviously been a few challenges. There. Talk to me a little bit about then. Uh, give me some career highlights uh, over the journey. Talk to me about what what does success look like to you. Career highlights is probably building that franchise yeah. so quickly. Yeah. Um, my sales highlight was winning that client in London in the pouring rain. That turned out to be a huge client. Um, another career highlight in that same period was I was uh, it used to be Radio, Radio One and it used to be that Smiley Marley used to drive the truck around the country. Well, well, you probably don't remember that. Well, so anyhow, I thought, well, that's interesting. They'd be throwing out T-shirts to the crowd. They'd yeah, come yeah. to Brighton and different yeah, town yeah. cities. So I th- found out it was the Miles Brothers who had the agreement with the radio, presumably BBC, the radio, to sell the merchandise. Yeah. So I phoned the guy up. It was this Smiley Marley's brother. He said, oh, well, come down to Bristol and meet with us. So I did. Lived in this lovely house. I remember sitting in this snooker room. And he came in, drove a hard bargain, but cut a long story short, I won that, and it was about 60,000 T-shirts. Wow, wow. Blimey. Love mm. that. Love that. Yeah. But what, what then, what, what, what's <coughs> success to you then? How do you, like, what, what, if you had to define it for you, what, what is success? Um, what is success? Success is... Putting yourself in a position in life that you're comfortable with. Yeah. Some people want loads and loads of money. Some people don't. Some people want the biggest car. Yeah. Some people don't. To me, as long as my my family and I are happy yeah. and comfortable, I've now got three grandchildren. Wow. And I absolutely adore. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's success to me. Yeah. That's my success. I love that because it is there's so so much and I, I talk about this quite a lot really with the narrative around success and what what that looks like to people and how they there's still a strong for me there's still that strong narrative out there about you're successful depending on your financial wealth yeah. And, yeah. and it shouldn't be measured like I don't no. I really don't but a lot find, of people do measure it yeah like of course of course a lot of people of do. course and it's uh I'd like to. I'm hoping. I try and talk about this on there all the time. I want to try and change that narrative because I don't. I think ultimately that the most successful people, surely success has got to be related to happiness. Yeah. And the people yep. that are most happy. Uh, yeah. And I, when I spoke to Joe jo Baldwin Trot, come on, we had a really interesting conversation about it, and she was saying like she she coaches and speaks to people, you know, multi-millionaires, and she does some work with the homeless, and she says the amount of people, the time the people that are homeless are actually happier than mm. <laughs> than mm. these multi-millionaires, and that's, mm. that alone is such a mm. bizarre thing to sort of, when you sort of look at it, you go, that, is it, your true happiness got to come from within, not... It's got to come, I think, come from within. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Um, I mean, I've always said the day the day I don't wake up and get that buzz yeah. is the day I've got to think about retiring. But I don't yeah, think it'll be for a while yet. But. That's not what I kind of meant. Like, this was another thing I wanted to ask you. Like, like, running business for so many years and 
different things that you don't like. You, you, I see you still at all the networking events that I go to, and you still got that hunger and that drive, that passion. Like mm. it, it just exude off you. You know what I mean? So you sort of, uh, how, do, how do you still keep that motivation? Because like, I enjoy it. Yeah, I thoroughly like enjoy it. And as I say, the day I actually wake up and go, mm, not so keen to go there today or to do that, then I'll think, well, maybe it's time to, you know, hang your boots up, mate, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be out for quite a while. I was going to say, hopefully uh, not for a long not time yet. Not, not for a long time no. yet. That's brilliant. But what, um, to, again, the other thing I really I always talk about sort of culture, and I'm really interested to to talk to you about it and what a couple of things really, because obviously with your different hats on, I guess one from a from a franchise or point of view, what, what does that look like? Trying to create, because you've obviously got in your mind what you wanted to achieve and the values that Monk Marketing had. So how do you then, with the franchisees, get them to create a culture? Did you did you instill that in them? Was that part of the thing? Or yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the, it. Um, the training was ongoing. Yeah. So they do their induction training for a few days down here. Then within a month, I'd be out in the territory for three, two, three days with them. Uh, and then I would take them on factory tours around the country to uh, see how umbrellas are made, to see how mugs are printed, uh, to see how baseball caps yeah. are made. And we'd spend two, three days going all over the country to these factories. Uh, and they would be their preferred suppliers as well, because uh, we would recommend those suppliers. Um, and I just instilled in them the whole time, if you do it like this, you're going to be successful. Yeah, yeah. If you follow this route. One of the best franchisees I had was a lady in Essex. She was like a sponge. Yeah, she yeah. just soaked it up, soaked it up, soaked it up, did it the way I did it. Yeah, obviously had her variations. Yeah. You've got, you know, can't have everybody do being like robots. Yeah, you know? yeah. um, but I remember when she started, I think the first year, she rang me up, she said, Mike, I want to take your advice and join a network club in the area. I said, but I'm a bit nervous. I said, well, she said, if I paid your hotel, would you come with me? I said, yeah. yeah. So I went up there, stayed overnight, we had dinner, had a good old chat. And I went to the meeting with her at 8, 7.30 or whatever it was. And I stood up on her behalf mm. and introduced her. And um, she ended up being the chair of that networking oh, really? group within a year. Wow. And she no. was really scared. I just no. gave her that confidence and yeah. showed her how to do it. Yeah. And she ended up embracing it and ended up as the chair of that networking group. And I guess that sometimes that's all people need, don't they? Just need that. They need I that guess, support. Yeah, little they need that hand. confidence. Yeah, yeah. Just, just instill that confidence yeah. in them. So a young guy I'm mentoring at the moment, um, he's quite shy. Yeah. He's a smart, smart guy. Yeah. He's quite shy. And he, I told him, I said... September is when I'm going to start taking you out to networking events. Yeah. And I said, I'll be there with you. Yeah. And I said, for the first few, I'll be with you. But then you're on your own. Yeah. I'm not always going to be there with you because you will have learned and seen how I talk to people, how I engage with people, and what you should be. And I will bring you into the conversation so yeah. you will feel yeah, more confident in how yeah. you talk to people. But he's actually quite nervous about it. I can see it in his eyes. It's strange. But if you, I guess, like, then going back, like, let's go back right to, have you just always had that sort of air of confidence about you? I know, we, we always spoke about sport. I know you obviously played football. Do you think some of that, like, I, I always relate my, I guess, 
I'm fairly confident I feel okay in those type of environments but I know a lot of that come from being in a changing room and being around sport and me growing up in that sort of thing. But I also play tennis which is one on one. Yeah, Football yeah. is a team. Yeah, sure. You can sure. have a little five minute yeah, yeah, hide yeah. on the yeah, team yeah, 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 yeah. as you well know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, um, but you can't on a tennis court. Yeah, sure. Because you'll lose. Mm. And I, you know, I, I played a good standard. I played for a club, played in the county yeah. league. My sons became fantastic players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I started them, and my wife, my wife was a good player. Yeah. And we started them at about five. Wow. Okay. With a little racket and a ball. Yeah, 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 and it went on from there. Yeah. So how, that determination you need in a one-to-one sport yeah, 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 is the yeah. difference between you winning and losing. But is that like then... Along with skill. Yeah, of course. But then I guess, like, I guess what I'm... Point I'm trying to is like that that confidence of being able to like you are you're just so comfortable with people. Have you I guess even at school was you have you always been that way? No, like I was quite shy at school. Really? Mm. I th- uh, it, as I said, my father died when I was thirteen, so it was a big impact. Yeah, yeah and I sure. thought I've got to grow up quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and I remember at school being quite shy, but I thought, don't be. You know, you need to, you need to hide that shyness, yeah. and eventually it goes because you get more and more confident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I can understand how people feel because I was like that yeah, yeah, yeah. when I was young. Yeah. But then I started playing football and I thought, oh, I'm not bad at this. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I started playing tennis, oh, I'm not bad at this. And yeah. I've got some of my best friends I've made through sport. Yeah, absolutely. Some of my best friends. Same, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's interesting because like you say, you sort of, but the, I wonder whether <laughs> um, as well, like that sort of, the, again, the, the, the art of selling and the art of communication because that's half the battle it's communication communication yeah. with selling and with building relationships and networking and stuff it's all about communication I wonder like again not pigeonholing or, or, or anything but I, you, you look back and look at maybe with the with modern technology phones and stuff like that we don't communicate like mm. we used to mm. do, do you think that art of selling like because obviously things have changed, but that art of selling, like you said, going and that, knocking on that door and still having that that resilience to do it, that has that died a little bit, do you think? Yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. I mean, we didn't have the internet when I was... Yeah, we didn't have mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. The only way you could do was pick up a desk phone, talk to them on that, or go and see them at their business. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. It was pure face-to-face. Yeah. And you had... That's all you had. But do you think then that's why people... It's easy... People maybe from a younger generation find that more difficult to, to yeah do because, because they, they can hide behind an email they, uh, exactly I mean there are certain people I call them email warriors yeah <laughs> they dish it out on there but face to face they wouldn't say it to you yeah okay um, you can usually tell who they are yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. but I am genuinely interested in people yeah, 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 you know, yeah. I, I, I've got two ears so I listen yeah sure sure um, I didn't when I was younger okay uh, but I learnt to, yeah, and yeah. I listen, and I'm interested. Hopefully, they're interested in me, yeah. and that is how that relationship starts, yeah. and it just grows from there. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm the, I think, especially like doing this, one of the, my favourite things to do like, is the podcast. I'd love it because like, having these conversations, just sitting and listening to 
people like yourself talking about that journey and telling about that story and that, the great insights that you sort of take away from oh, it's just it's been the most educational for me personally been the most educational thing I've done mm. this last year mm. man I've learned personally and hopefully mm. obviously a lot of listeners as well but mm. um, I just want to still touch on the culture thing as well like, yeah. obviously with the so the, the other side like obviously the stuff you've learned over the years then and now with with mentoring um, mm. is that something when you go into a business or with, with sort of startups and anything is that something you drum into them about culture or yes I think it's important I think um, it's top down and bottom up yeah okay um, when you are employing people they're buying into you with you and your business yeah, yeah sure, and you sure. want them to buy into it because if you've got a happy workforce you've got a very successful business yeah because yeah, yeah, they're going to want to see and if they feel that they are not just being financially rewarded they are actually being praised and being advanced yeah. and shown that this is really an interesting business to be working in, yeah, yeah, yeah. they will just become wonderful employees. Yeah. And who knows, one day they may be a director of your business, who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah. But to me, you must really have honesty. Yeah. I really cannot stress that enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you must be fairly transparent. Yeah. You can't be totally transparent. Obviously, there are certain things you can't share. Yeah, yeah. But you must be pretty transparent with them. Yeah, I think that's where, and again, I'll go back to, I guess, like, not that, um, that, that sort of, because I, I, when I, I remember having a salon and thinking, oh, I couldn't tell anyone that we were struggling or I didn't mm. want to be, mm. uh, like you said, I, I was completely not honest with them and, like, you know, mm. that, that's for me tonight and mm. you've got to put that brave face on. But yeah. almost like you said, again, back to culture values, if you can create a culture where you can actually, you know, you know what, this is this position we're in at the moment, mm. but as a team, we've got to come together and do exactly. that. Exactly, as a team. Yeah. That's the important word, a team. And I guess if that, because you want them to share that vision, I yeah. guess. And I, but that's, that was the one. And they'll thing. bring vision as well. Yeah, of course. Because they're interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You'll learn from their vision too. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. Uh, it is. So, like for me, it's, it's one of the fascinating topics to talk about. Because, like I said, I always mention, oh, God, I really felt like I got it wrong at the salon, but trying to take the learnings out of that and, and listening to you know all the people that what they've done or what they think about and it's so much it is about the people isn't it and about mm. trying to in, inspire those mm. people to like you mm. said have a shared vision with you and mm. help you get to where you want to get to and they are part of it but I think then as well coming out of Covid um, do you, have, you, have you seen a more of a shift there's so much more from anyone within business or whatever more about purpose than it is the like in regards to, like you said, it's not just about I'm going to move to that firm because I get paid more money. It's more about I want to be at that firm. I do get paid less maybe, but I feel valued. I've got more of a purpose. I buy into them. Mm. I think the workplace is changing because mm. of the pandemic. Yeah. I think it was changing before, but I think it's changing a lot quicker now. Yeah, yeah, a sure. lot more people are probably doing two days at home and three days in the office. Yeah, yeah, and sure. I admire those employers who feel confident enough to let them do that. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, I work from home now, yeah. and I know how hard I work. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. people don't just sit around when they're working from home because they want to, if, if they're good employees, they want to show that they're doing a good job. Yeah. But also, that probably makes them a happy employee too. Yeah, yeah. And a happy employee to me is, is a fruitful Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. Well, I want to, again, the other, so done the culture, and I want to talk about 
work-life balance, which is we've spoke about a few times, and I, I, I talk about because I do. I personally, I struggle with. Mm. Um, but obviously, you've been married for many years. Long, long time. You've, like you said, you've gone through that dark time that you mentioned where you've lost mm. everything and then mm. you bounce back and come back from that mm. um, had the support of your wife through mm. that period and up mm. and down but uh, how has talk to me about work-life balance how have you know it's do you a have good, one? it's a good one now yeah. um, has it always been that way? No, no I was a 60, 70 hour a week man wow and I used to travel by 35, 40,000 miles a year around the country wow so um, couldn't afford to do that now. The price of fuel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I came from you know the hard school where you had to get out there and do it. And yeah. I was a commission only guy for a number of years. Really? Well. So if I didn't sell, I didn't earn. Blimey. Now that is tough. Yeah. That is really tough. Yeah, I bet. I bet. That is really tough. But I did it. I had the, I had the confidence to do it. Not everybody could do that. And I guess a lot of people would want the security of a salary behind. Yeah, of course, of course. But then the hunger as well. Not when I suppose, especially when you've got when you've got a young family. Yeah. You, 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 you know, you've got to make that sale. You got yeah, you've got to make that sale because you've got to pay yeah, that. Got to pay the bills. Got to pay that mortgage. Got to pay them. Yeah. yeah. Makes you very resilient. Yeah. Um, but my my yeah, I love my work life balance now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have one of our grandkids come over every other Tuesday, and that day's out now. I still look at my phone and I'll still answer important yeah. emails, but you know, that, that's now part of my life. And yeah. my, we've just been over in America visiting my granddaughter and my son, and I haven't seen them for three years because wow. of COVID, and we had the most wonderful time. Yeah. Um, celebrated her tenth birthday while we were there. I think the last time I gave her a cuddle, and she's she's seven. So that's just you know, you you, you can FaceTime every day yeah. or whatever, yeah. but it's nothing like. Yeah, being together no. and having fun together. So, um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I still get days. You know, the build up to the exhibition is a really tough time. Yeah, yeah, it's full imagine. on for yeah. two, three weeks. No, just imagine. full on. But she can take a deep breath the next day after it's yeah. over. Yeah. yeah, and I guess like like you say, learn like you say, you're doing them sixty, seventy hour weeks and. Especially, what I'm assuming when the children are younger, and it's yeah, and it's just, it, it's difficult, isn't it? That, but like, obviously, you clearly, especially getting them into sport, I suppose, something that you was interested in. You've got that that relationship with them, and you grow up, and you yeah. know, and 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 because it's, it's and they've grown up to be quite strong characters too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they saw that in us. Yeah, yeah. In both me and my wife. Yeah, strong yeah. work ethic, I guess. Yeah, like, strong which work you've ethic. certainly, yeah. you know, you. You've certainly got without a shadow of that, but yeah, no, it's interesting. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it, with with the world? And I suppose, and it, it, you must have seen such a change as well over the years. When because now, like you said, we've got our phones, we can check emails all the time. So you d- tend to never read. Do you find it now? I guess with the way you've got the sort of balance, you find it quite easy to switch off now, or do you are you better at that than you? I'm were? better at it than I was when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't switch off when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was probably a nightmare to be married to for a while. Uh, <laughs> it was all business, yeah, business, yeah. business, business. But you learn. Yeah, got an understanding wife, and she was. Uh, yeah, very, very, very understanding, very supportive, and um, wouldn't have been married all these years. Exactly. Yeah, I love that, and I love the fact that I, I, again taking something out of what you said previously about the that, that dark time and, and just but, but you just having the 
to get up and go, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce back. Give mm. me them three years. Mm. And I, I, yeah, I um I I remember even saying the same to Kelly when we first, when I first shut the cell on. I I was like, there's some opportunities here. Just give me a few weeks to get you mm. know just get there's opportunities out here. Well, we'll be all right, and you do. You just, yourself off and get up and go back it's, it's like you could compare it to sales again it's like you set targets yeah yeah, yeah. You know, yeah in yeah. those days I had to work you know, if I worked for a company I had to hit my targets yeah yeah yeah, yeah. as simple as that yeah you know, sometimes you would and sometimes you wouldn't yeah yeah you, know, you just have to work that bit harder the next month yeah sure if you hadn't hit it the previous month yeah but I think um, I mean I took that company they were doing about this is in the 80s. Yeah. They were doing 150,000 years, which is a good turnover. Yeah. I don't know what that's equivalent to now. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. A million maybe, I don't know. I left them with a six million turnover five years later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And a silly. team of 10 in the sales and marketing department. Wow. Yeah. And every brave. Friday, I'd have a sales meeting from four till five, or if there's a lot of things going on, yeah. three till five. And then we go to the pub afterwards. Really? And I buy them drinks for two hours, play ball, have a laugh. Nice. Maybe have a bite to eat every week. Some, nice. Sometimes all ten would come, sometimes only four or five yeah. would come. And you then get them in a relaxed environment, yeah. and you'll then hear the real problems they've been having yeah, during the week. Yeah, of course, of course. They're not going to tell you those necessarily in that meeting. Yeah. But once they've had a couple of drinks and they start to relax and yeah. chill, laugh, you start to think, what actually did happen on Tuesday? Was yeah. it, was it, and it, it all comes out. Again, it's back to communication. Communication. You know, we'll yeah. have them conversations. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to have to get you, playing Paul, mate, we're going to have to get your Paul Q out down the Fernballs <laughs> League at some point. I've yeah. heard you're a player. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, mate, tell me, Len, what, look, we're, gonna co- we're coming towards a little bit of the end there. Tell okay. me, what, uh, what does the future hold for, for, for Mike Monk? Well, probably retirement. <laughs> <laughs> no, not no, yet, mate. Not, not yet. yet. No, not yet. No, the future holds. I mean, I've already got the date for next June, June the 8th, 2023, for my event. Nice. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. I can make it better. Still at the Amex. Yeah, still at the Amex. Great probably more. Probably two exhibition halls, two wow. lounges, wow. and a breakfast meeting I'm bringing back, Amazing. which was very popular before. Amazing. And I'm going to surprise the exhibitors with a little evening event at one of the hotels in Brighton about a month or so before the expo. Love that. Which I will fund for a yeah. couple of hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. It'll be a nice way of getting the exhi- exhibitors yeah. together, nice relaxed atmosphere, a couple of drinks, a bit of, bit of nibbles. I tell, you chat. I tell you what's great about what you created there as well with the exhibitions is it, what I've found and didn't realise as much actually until I started doing them with you but the, how much of a community you build with the actual exhibitors mm. exactly what you're saying about that mm. like, you, you actually get quite a bit of work it, between exhibitors yeah. people go around and talk and chat yeah. as well as the you know, the visitors that come along and come to your stand but just with that, it's almost like because we're all there doing the same we're all there mm. in it, and create that nice little community that's a great shout to bring everyone together beforehand actually and, yeah and I'm going to do that yeah, already like got that. one of the big hotels on the seafront lined up so, um, yeah, but I, when, when, when people set their stands up, I've said this for many years, and all the rooms looking great and everything, and people yeah. say, God, I can't wait for this to get in. I went, 
you've got 79 potential clients around this room yeah. before a visitor even walks in the door. They go, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> they forget that they've yeah, got yeah, course, potential yeah, yeah. clients right next to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Don't forget the other exhibitors can yeah. be a client. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Right. Cool. Look, we're... Um, we're coming up, and like I said, we'll, we'll finish with, um, this is series three, and I've got to put these three quick-fire questions together. So we're going to start off with the first one. What one piece of advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Listen more, especially to advice. Love that. Love that. Um, who has been your biggest inspiration throughout your journey and why? Sir Alan Sugar. Really? Yeah. Just what? a very smart businessman. And a fantastic salesman. Love that. Love that. And uh, last one. Could could you recommend a business book or podcast to listeners that have had an impact on you, your career? I could recommend two books. One is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Uh, Dale Carnegie. And the other one is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Brilliant. Two books that are really worth reading. Awesome. Mate, listen, thank you so much for coming on. It's been, it's been, um, a it's been I, really enjoyable. You know what? I, I knew we'd have a great chat. We've, we, we've, like I said, we've known each other over the years, and it's been great to get to know each other and actually work together as well on, on many occasions. And um, look, we've got a wealth of knowledge, and thank you for sharing some of that with the listeners. And uh, I, I've loved the conversation as always, and there's, some, there's a lot of gold nuggets in there that I'm sure people will take away. So, mate, listen, don't retire for a few years, mate. <laughs> I enjoy working with you too much. It's yeah. going to be uh, lots more exhibitions and stuff to go. So, listen, and wish you continued success, mate. And fact, listen, thanks for your time and coming on. It's been brilliant. Thank you, Sam. It's been a pleasure.